Welcome to the Kelly and the Encouragers podcast with your host, Kelly Sisson, wife, mother, therapist, and hippie at heart who loves Earl Grey iced tea, deep conversations, and encouraging others. If you need a little encouragement today, you are in the right place. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to another episode of Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. I am so happy to have you here with us today. I just got done talking with Tracy Wilson. Tracy is a podcaster. She's a mom. She is just a fantastic soul who is going to be able to share with us about vulnerability and really what is going on in the world right now and how we can work towards eradicating racism. You know, Tracy's perspective and her ability to view vulnerability in such an amazing way and to help as we just navigate through so many changes that need to occur in the world is so admirable. I really loved my time with her. I just absolutely adore her and I know that you are going to as well. Hi, Tracy. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. I'm so excited about this. Me too. I feel like it's been a long time coming. We've been <laughs> discussing this right. for a while, so I'm so excited <laughs> that it worked out. But it's it's so funny because sometimes I think, man, I should have did something back then, but you know, God's timing is perfect. Yes. So this is like the perfect time for us to meet. <laughs> I 100% agree. I always think that in my day, if I even at like work, if I'm thinking I'm going to be really busy and suddenly I have some breaks, I'm like, you know what? God just knows I need it and that's okay. And I'm going to roll with that. So I love yep. that perspective. Makes life so much easier, right? Yes, it absolutely does. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you can introduce yourself to the listeners. Sure. I am Tracy Wilson. Um, I am a mother of three. I have a really huge age gap. I have a 24 year old and then I started a second family and I have an eight and a six year old. So that's what kind of brought me to podcasting. I am the host of a podcast called the Melanated Mom podcast, and I talk about raising creative, innovative, and independent thinkers while not losing yourself in the process because uh, the second set of kids kind of caused me to lose myself a little bit. So (laughs) I needed some people to talk to about it, and I was like, if I'm feeling like this, somebody else is feeling like this, so let's have some discussions about it. Yeah, I love that. And what a fantastic fantastic view of things of parenting as well because I think a lot of times we do we do almost lose ourselves not almost we do if we're not if we're not really aware and um, paying attention to that can I ask you a little bit about that I'm really curious sure you know do you have any thoughts on what was different the you know the second go around for you that made it a little bit more challenging to be able to maintain that you know your own identity throughout that I'm gonna say right off the bat age (laughs) I am so tired all the time. (laughs) (laughs) When I had my first son, I was 21 years old. So, you know, 21, like, you know, energy is not a thing. Like everything was new. And I think just because of that experience too, that he was the first. So everything was new. So everything was exciting. And then we got around to the second one. And I'm just like, don't invite us to the birthday parties. (laughs) Don't invite us to the thing because I don't want to (laughs) go. I'm tired, people. I'm just here trying to maintain and exist. So I just, um, it just made it like, I don't know, it it made it really hard for me. So Kelly, I have to wake up in the morning every day. I have affirmations before my feet even hit the floor that, yes, you can do this. You were made for this because otherwise, I don't know how my day is going to turn out. So yeah, I love that you start your day like that, though. That's such a powerful way to be able to, you know, just wake up. Even when I take my son to daycare, there's like a list of things. And sometimes they're different, but it's like, you know, are you going to be a good friend today? Are you going to, you know, be kind? Whatever it may be that day, brave, whatever. But I swear that sets his day up way better than the days that we forget to do it. <laughs> so. It does. It just changes things for me. And I'm like, if I'm sitting in the bed already telling myself that you got this without yes. just rushing and jumping up when they jump up and hurrying, then I'm already setting myself up for something that's not going to look too good. So I try to make sure that I I take care of me. And that's what the podcast is about, too. Like, yes, your children are very important and you should always, like, make sure that they're taken care of. But if you're not filling up your own cup, if you're not taking time to take care of yourself, then it's not going to look as great as you want it to look. So I try to make sure that I do that. 
Yeah, yeah, that is fantastic. You know, um, as far as the age thing goes, even I have, let's see, my son is four and a half now. And I uh, shared with you, I'm very pregnant at this point um, that we're recording this. And even that four and a half year difference, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. This is so much harder. I, I don't, you know, and there is, I think um, you hit it, you know, the nail on the head when you said that there is an excitement the first go around and there's still an excitement, but it's different because you kind of know what mm-hmm. to expect a little bit. And so it doesn't right. quite hit you that same way. And so I absolutely understand that for sure. And then having somebody else to take care of too, in your situation, my son, was already 15 so by the time I had the second one I didn't have anybody to take care of really oh, but when I had the third one and I was with the second one I said there is no way like this is crazy I don't <laughs> know how people do it <laughs> I have a friend that has six kids and I tell her all the time oh my gosh I just am so impressed with her ability to manage that like I only have one another just one being, on the way just being in the situation right yes. even if it's like even if she isn't doing anything special it's just that you have to take care of six people every single day. I was yes. like, that's a lot to think yes. about. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I would love to talk a little bit with you about, you know, thoughts on why, especially mothers, I don't know if you feel like this, but I feel like especially mothers have a really hard time taking care of themselves throughout, especially throughout some of the youngest years. Do you see that with a lot of people? I do see that with a lot of people. And I think that um, it's, it's centered around guilt. Like you feel like if you're not taking, if you can't do both, right? You feel like you can't do both. So if I'm taking care of myself really well, that must mean that I'm not taking care of them very well. And it's just a fallacy. You can, you can absolutely do both. And I think that when we give our kids the chance to see us as human and we give them the chance to see that we need to be filled back up as well, that it makes it so much easier for everyone. I, I think as a mom, we put on this um, this kind of facade, like we have it all together and we have to know all the things and we can never let them see us sweat. And um, I'm just not about that life. Like, yes. you're gonna see me sweat, I'm sorry. You're gonna hear me say my, it's my tagline around here. I'm a human being too. So yes. I'm, I'm gonna lock my door now or I'm going to go for a very long walk. And when I come back, then I'll be ready to take care of you. So I think that with the guilt surrounding us not feeling like we can put ourselves first, it makes it hard for us to actually take care of ourselves. Yeah, We we don't, we don't, we don't think it can be done, but it's not true at all. Absolutely. You know, and when you say that to somebody, you know, another mother and you say like, this is really hard. And these are the things that I do to help combat that. That gives other people permission to, to say that same thing and to not have that guilt surrounding that. Cause I do think a lot of times I remember, I'll share a quick story. I remember when my son was very young and I had a friend that just had a baby in a similar way. I had to have a C-section with my first. And so I had said something about, you know, this is like really hard. And I remember them, you know, kind of like looking at me and I thought, oh, okay, we're not at that same point yet. You know, like they don't quite 100% get it. I would love to ask them now, like, you know, how has that been? Have you had those moments? You know, but I think even my hope is even in sharing that of like the first year of my son's life was really hard. So by me Mm -hmm. saying that, I hope that if other people are struggling with that, that they're able to say, you know, I'm not alone and I am not a bad mom because this is hard. Right. And I think too that, Um, The age of social media and the age of perfection in social media has put a totally different spin on it. When you can go on someone's social media feed that has, you know, I don't know, like a billion kids and their house is like never look like anyone sat on the couch. And I'm like, how is this even possible? Like, there's no way that that is really happening. And so I think people can look at that and start to feel a certain way. So even still, like my social media I try to show my living room looking a mess. I try to show my kids like going crazy because in that moment, like it may really help somebody else to say, okay, there, there are people out there that just don't have it all together, you know? And I I think that that, that is helpful, Kelly. You're right to say, Hey, you know, this is really hard. It's tough. It, It makes somebody else feel like they can let their guard down as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, I love that you say it looks like no one ever sat on the couch because I see that sometimes too, you know. I think of a post I saw and and I, I promise I'm not bashing this person. Um, I know they had the best of intentions, but it was about their children's room. And they said, you know, oh, our kids picked out all of their own decorations. Now, I'm not saying that they didn't do that. I want to be really clear. I don't know. I wasn't there. But what I'm guessing is actually they had like, these are the things that go together and coordinate. And now you get to pick from those. And that is much different than like your five-year-old child being able (laughs) to make this like beautiful room themselves. And so I always try to remember too, when I'm seeing something, this is not the full story. Right. You know, and um, and if if that is the case and like they have like the next interior designer that they're raising up like oh, that's amazing and I will support that. Right. But I think also if we get too tied into that of like, well, you know, my son wants, I don't know, a Spider-Man something and he wants like a zoo <laughs> animals and he wants like some planes, like what whatever it is, you know, I just really embrace it because I, I feel like. Um, I don't know about you, but there are uh, some battles I just really don't think are necessary to fight. And that's one of them. You do you. You enjoy how, you know, whatever you want your room and your space to be like. That's what's important to me. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's not that big of a deal. And I think that um, maybe when you move into having more than one, <clears throat> excuse me, you, you begin to realize that, OK, you know, you know, my first kid, I'm like, you got to walk, you got to gotta get out of these diapers my second kid i'm like well you know you won't go to college in diapers (laughs) you know it's like (laughs) i i can't really control it nor do i want to because then i put the stress on them then i put the stress on myself and it's like no it's not worth it we just we'll let it go how it goes it'll figure itself out (laughs) yes i love that perspective though really truly i think that all children are on their own timeline. And so we can either kind of accept that or we can push them. And like you say, put that stress and it, it's a strain on relationships too. It's not just, you know, the stress on the kid, but the str- I really do think like when we went through potty training the first time, my son seemed really ready. And then it was like, oh, he's really not quite so ready, but we kept trying. And finally we're like, you know what? Hands off. Like <laughs> same yep. thing. Yep. you'll be fine. You'll figure it out. We'll roll with it regardless if we receive pressure from other people or whatever that may look like. So and the thing is, is that it transfers and translates to every area of life. Even as they grow, my 24-year-old is still the same thing with him. You know, I find when I'm like trying to like really like push my opinion on him that he is not going to listen to me. So <laughs> why am I doing that? <laughs> I'm just stressing myself out. So I just like live from a place of like giving him experiences that I have and maybe say something that I would do if I was in his situation, but that's it. You know, I'm, I'm not you. I can't tell you how to live your life and you have to figure out what it is for yourself because you ultimately have to be the one that does it. So I'm good with it. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I can tell that so many of your, you know, parenting views really align with mine and I am loving it. (laughs) I'm so glad that you're sharing them. You know, one thing that we, um, you know, talked about earlier is as far as like sharing those hardest moments and that can be just so vulnerable and, and really it feels so raw a lot of times. Um, I don't know if there's ever a time that you post something or you share a podcast episode. Do you ever kind of get that feeling of like, I feel really exposed. This is too much. You know what? I was just thinking about that earlier when, um, I knew that we would talk a little bit about vulnerability. And see, Kelly, I see those moments as sharing that stuff as transparency. And I think for me, there's a difference between being transparent and being vulnerable. Like, I don't care if anybody sees anything. Anyone can walk in this house right now and see this whole house turned upside down. Or they can know that I was a mom, that I got pregnant out of wedlock. It doesn't bother me because I feel like those things are going to help other people. But vulnerability to me is when... I might need somebody to help me. (laughs) Now that's a different spin on it because when I feel like I, I, when I feel like I'm putting someone out, you know, I'm using air quotes guys. Um, then it's not as easy for me. So, um, I, I see them in two totally different ways and I didn't start seeing them that way until very recently. You know, that I had this situation where my um i was already off of work when COVID started which was a big deal but wasn't that really really that big of a deal because my husband makes you know like the most money in the home so he also got not like laid off or whatever but like never going back they let him go he's not having a job anymore so when that happened i had to um 
be really vulnerable. And in the beginning, I was not really wanting to do that. But I found that vulnerability is not always only about us. Like it blesses so many people around you to be able to see how God works. Um, and that could be a testimony for someone else's life. So if you don't mind, I want to tell a little bit about the story about what happened. Yeah, I would love that. So um, like I said, me and my husband were out of work and um, I had told just a few friends uh, because again, you know, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of big. So it was like a little bit of shock to my system. So I told it to a few friends what happened. And um, of course they were like, Oh, what can we do for you? Anything you need. So a few friends bought some things by and, and that happened. So one of my friends who was Anna that, you know, yes. well, she's been on the podcast two times. Yes. Um, she told another of our friends what was really going on. And she gave me a call. And she challenged me in ways that I don't like to be challenged. <laughs> yes. She said things to me that I'm just like, oh, I don't know. We were on the phone for 45 minutes and the whole 45 minutes I wanted to get off because it just <laughs> felt uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> in my head, I was like, when are you going to let me get off the phone? So um, I wanted to, I have um, like kind of like a, a prophecy that she gave me for my life in that time. So I kind of wanted to find it so I could read it. I don't want to like leave anything out of that. Yeah. I love and if that. I can't find it, I can summarize it. Um, basically what she was saying to me is how do you always get to be on the giving end and never on the receiving end? And that really hit me hard because I am just by nature a really giving person and it is. She's told me how it was living an unbalanced life to think that you always get to be the one that blesses people, but you never get the opportunities to let people bless you back. So the way that the law of sowing and reaping works is like if you sow, 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 if you grow a garden, you're going to get harvest, right? And so if you never allow that harvest to come to you, that's living a really unbalanced life. So in that moment that she was saying those things to me, it really did hit me that my lack of vulnerability was really built up on pride. Mm -hmm. Like you just don't want people to do things for you because you don't want them to know that you're hurting or that you're in need. And that's not of God. God does not have us to respond to life that way. So um, per her recommendation, I was um, told to put my venmo account on facebook which is something that i would never do in my entire life it's just not me mm -hmm. and so i did that and god responded in such a huge way um in blessings from people all around us i mean and then people that i didn't even know there's no way that i can even explain how much he poured into us at that moment and how i saw that that vulnerability was not only able to affect the way that I saw life, but it affected the way that my mom saw life because she got to see that. It affected the way that my husband that did not grow up in church or around people who gave in this manner, the way that the church gave to me, it um, affected the way that my neighbors looked at me because they were all outside able to see 30 cars driving down the road, like passing money and cards and gifts out of uh, windows and getting out of the car and just like waving at us from across the street. So I think that um, a lot of times we think that something is only for us and that's hardly ever the case. Yeah. <laughs> it was for everyone around me. So God needs us to be vulnerable or needs us to do the thing that he's calling us to do or asking us to do because it's not only to bless us, but it's to show others how great he is. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I'm not going to lie. I, I think I'd shared this with you, but like hearing you talk through it, I'm like, oh, that hits me like extra hard <laughs> because I struggle with that same thing. Like I will give and give and give and give and give and give. But when it comes to accepting anything myself, that does become very uncomfortable. And when you said it was pride, I was like, oh, man, Woo! that's so true. I hate to admit it. I do. I probably um, feel partially like you did when your friend was telling you that. But it's, uh, you know, that's just a, it's a hard thing to really hear. But it does make so much sense that 
by you allowing, you know, being vulnerable and, you know, really allowing this to happen and to see the outcome of it and for other people to be able to see that. I mean, that impacted, I'm sure, so many lives, more lives than you'll ever know. I'm sure of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I, I I definitely agree with that. And then the very next week or the week after that, we went through this whole thing with um, that's happening in our country due to racism. And I live in a predominantly white neighborhood. I have lived here for 20 years and I haven't had that good of an experience with my neighbors. They haven't been like, you know, coming down on me, but we haven't had a relationship. You know, I watch everyone around here have a relationship. And so I think even that, like them able to see that happening, it opened up another door because I had to have some conversations with them in the next couple of weeks. And I think by them seeing that, what kind of person I am, because who can get 30 cars to drive down the street for them if they don't, you know, if they haven't been sewing into other people's lives. So I think by them seeing that, it made the conversation even a little bit easier. So not even knowing that I was preparing to get that, to have this whole thing with George Floyd going on and the whole thing with race in our country, I had no idea about that. And so that opened up the door for me to be able to have hard conversations with them and for them to already have some idea of who I was. So even in that, you know, it's, it's so much bigger than me because what I told them a couple of weeks ago, they're going to go out and share with their friends and their family. And this is just how we grow and this is how we change and this is how we evolve. So thinking that something is happening only to us is a very skewed way of thinking because it's never, ever only happening to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That bigger picture, you know, and the fact that we're all truly connected. I 100% believe that, that we're all connected. Mm-hmm. And what is good for one of us is good for us all. Um, but the fact that that really opened up that door to be able to to really have, I'm sh- very sure, hard conversations with your neighbors. Mm-hmm. My goodness, isn't that interesting how, how life works like that? It, it really, truly is interesting how it works because I, for me, like when things like this happen, <clears throat> I am, um, I want people to be educated. Like I feel like yes. people really do need to be educated about what's going on in the world. But in another sense too, I've been inside of my house for 20 years. Like I don't go out there and chat with them about anything. They have their lives. I have my life. I'm good to do what we've been doing. That works for me. Right. Yep. Um, but they invited me to some social gatherings and I just could not sit there. I, I'm not a person that can sit there and act like everything is okay. Yeah. Like, you know, you can offer me your wine and your snacks or whatever, but if I'm going to sit here and we're going to try to form some kind of relationship, then I need to let you know exactly where I, how I felt in this neighborhood for 20 years and the things that I think that you could do to change and how we can actually be people who live in a community together because in order for me to do that then you have to see where you haven't met your end of the bargain and maybe there's some some places that I haven't met my end of the bargain we need to have those hard conversations so like I said without um what happened two weeks prior to that I don't know if it would have been as easy for them to receive from me so yeah even even that part of things though of so it sounds to me like you were invited to like a community gathering, right? In your neighborhood. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yes. even, uh-huh. even that part of things, knowing that that isn't something that had happened before. I mean, that feels a lot like, a lot like that vulnerability continuing to follow you through, through that. And uh, maybe on the flip side of things, um, but what a huge undertaking for you too to try to explain to your neighbors, like how this has felt and, and where you want to go from here and, I mean, that feels really daunting. <laughs> it was, Kelly. It was. Um, and there were several times during that conversation uh, that I was just like, okay, I need to go back into the house. I even told my husband a couple of times, okay, I'm going to go back in the house now. And I said it loud enough for everyone else to hear because everyone was kind of listening. Yes. And even though my husband was there, he's not like a big talker or whatever. And he doesn't let things really bother him. You know, it's like, oh, whatever, let's move past that. They invited us to sit out here together. So let's just enjoy that. But um, yeah, it feels very lonely. And I just said everything that I was feeling about feeling lonely in a neighborhood where you have been the only black woman on the block and you have watched people leave you out. 
And that doesn't feel good. And how when my older son was younger, how he was left out of a lot of stuff and how that just didn't feel good. And I have to be honest with you about how that made me feel. And you should be able to receive how that made me feel. So there was a lot of um, open hearts in that conversation, which made me stay there because there were some people that really wanted to know what they could do, um, how they could be better as a neighbor and a friend, you know, they wanted to. And then there were some people that were just completely resistant to the conversation, uh, wanted to play the blame game and wanted to say that, but I never do that. I've never done that. I was able to point out specific times that yes, you have done that. (laughs) I don't know if it's because you just haven't been aware of it or you, you didn't, you can't see yourself. You can't see the trees through the forest kind of thing, but Yes, I'm here to tell you that from my experience as the person that it has been done to, that did happen. And so um, as daunting as it was, I think that it also was a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, I'm wanting to have the conversations with the people around me that are going to be close to me because there's no way for me to sit and have a conversation with you. And I have no idea what side of the line you stand on when it comes to eradicating racism, period. Right. We can disagree on a lot of things and a lot of people who are black have been saying this. We can disagree on a lot of things, but being racist is not one of them. Yeah. So we have to have these conversations and I want to know where people stand. So again, going back to the vulnerability, I really think that that moment helped them to see that, okay, just in general, she must be a pretty amazing person, right? Yes, so yes. that made their ears a little bit more open and prepared the way for me to be able to have that conversation with them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, can I just say props to you for sticking in there and even like taking those breaks and coming back out? Oh, you are yeah. a good woman. Seriously, <laughs> you are. You have a really good soul because that had to have been so hard to know, especially the defensiveness. You know, I think that yeah. defensiveness... Um, one thing I think that it does is it invalidates the person's feelings. So when you're becoming mm-hmm. defensive, it's saying like that really didn't happen. Well, re- regardless of what that person remembers, this is a real situation and your emotions are real and valid and um, need to need to be heard. And even if that makes people uncomfortable, I mean, clearly you've had situations where you've been uncomfortable. So if if right. you've had how long have you lived in the neighborhood? Did you say 20 years? It's been 20 years. Okay. Yeah. So if you've had 20 years of uncomfortableness, I mean, I think people can hang in there for a little bit, don't you think? <laughs> so. I think you could be uncomfortable over this glass of wine. I yes. think we'll do okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love but, that. But so even in that, you know, we had that first gathering and, you know, I, I said what I said and they were, you know, I, it got quiet and it didn't quite flow the way that I guess they wanted it to flow. And then someone said, well, I was expecting this to be a happy gathering. And I said, well, it still can be. If I'm the one making you unhappy, I can go back in the house. It's okay. I'm, I'm fine to leave now. And then they said no. So I stayed and we talked a little bit more. still a little awkward. But they had one the very next week and they invited me again. Oh, and yes. so then that felt more comfortable. That felt more real. That felt like maybe they had some time to sit with things. And it's not an overnight thing. Like, I don't expect anyone to get this overnight. I don't expect anybody to wake up one day and understand everything that they have done that may have not um, made another person feel good or welcome or even that they cared about something outside of their own little box. That's not going to happen overnight. But if I see you actively trying, if I see you actively inviting me and trying to get to know me and finding out about how my family ticks, then I'm open to that. And so I think that it's just made things look a lot different around here. And I'm, um, I'm very pleased with it. I am. Yeah, that is fantastic. I'm glad to hear that there has been that progress. You know, um, I have really felt like, and, and I want to be really clear, I think obviously white people as a whole, we're showing up to the party real, really late. Like, let's just call it what it is. We really are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, really unfortunate what has been really great to see though is so many people challenging themselves and even challenging family members of like okay maybe that is something that you thought was okay that is not okay and like that line in the sand that you were talking about you know like we can 
you know, we can disagree on other things and we can still have a relationship. But when it comes to this and when it comes to how we're raising the next generation and when it comes to the way that we're challenging ourselves, like this is a line in the sand and this is something that I'm not willing to give. And to be able to see so many people at this point, it's unfortunate it had to, so many things had to happen. My God. I mean, it is very unfortunate. Um, but I have hope for especially this next generation. It just feels like there's so much hope and the ability to make some seriously massive changes. And I just, um, that's why I keep focusing on like doing my part, you know, seeing what I can do, raising my son in the best way that I absolutely can. My next son, um, you know, (laughs) I keep forgetting. I don't know if this happened to you when you're pregnant, but I do forget sometimes I'm like, Oh wait, yeah, I am pregnant. still. So I never want to technically have two kids. Yes, I never want to leave out the second one by any means. But um, you know, it. I think that uh, that that is what continues to um, give me hope. You know, can I just be real honest? Does that give you hope, or how does that? How do you feel about that? I I do feel quite hopeful in some ways um, because I do now see that people are opening up, and I think the difference now is like you know. We've had these issues before. Like I think about like um, the race riots when Rodney King, when the whole Rodney King thing happened and um, how big that was. But that was only big here in America. Only America cared about it. Now I think that the world cares about it. Like it's taken on a different spin. Like Black Lives Matter everywhere now. Yes. And I think that that's what's really making people open up their eyes and be able to see it. You can't turn on the TV without seeing something. And then people and businesses and um, influencers being held accountable for the fact that they have not been supportive or for things that they've done or said. Like, this is the really the first time that people have been held accountable to the fact that you will lose your job. Mm-hmm. Your business will go under yes. <laughs> if you do not change your behavior. And um, I think that, that that's making it so much huger than it could have ever been if maybe we didn't have this time in COVID where we really, where everybody was like really tuned into it. Um, So I I am excited. I am excited about what's happening. And I'm also still sad because there's some things that are happening that, that people aren't turning over, like the hangings. Like I don't believe like one single one of those Mm -hmm. hangings was a suicide. hundred percent. So people are really, some people are really angry that they have to change or that this world is going to have to change. But I am choosing to spend my time focusing on the people who want to be educated because I felt, I even found myself going down a rabbit hole for a minute. Like I am not going to be arguing with every single person on the internet that doesn't, whose eyes aren't open. So if your heart is ready to receive the message and you're ready to change some of your behavior, then I'm perfectly fine to talk to you about that but I am not going to argue with you about things that are my experience Mm -hmm. because you have no idea what my experience is to even start an argument with me about that. So um, to answer the question, I do feel hopeful in many ways, Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I love your perspective too, as far as like it's the whole world and it it is. And that is something that I sure haven't seen before to be a hundred percent honest. And so that has been, really refreshing to you know we I think you're right the COVID you know we come through well I don't know if we're really through but we're in it <laughs> we're, in, we're in the COVID situation but um I remember at the beginning of it we were all were like this is going to be so terrible this is going to be like the worst thing ever but to be able to see these things that have happened through it that have not justified the fact that we have to go through the COVID situation but have really been very beautiful outcomes of that you know certainly mm-hmm. has been amazing to be able to see that it does feel like the world really is coming together. And, and what I love too, is that, you know, it's um, the people that aren't willing to are, are getting kind of pushed to the side. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and so um, yeah. that's what I think is fantastic is like, okay, if, if you can't get, <laughs> if you can't get an alignment with this, then you need to step aside because that's not what we're right. doing anymore. And, and that, that's the really great part about this. And I always tell people, that are asking me questions like the best thing that you can do is to go back and tell somebody else what I told you or give somebody else the resources that I gave you because I might not be able to reach the the people that you reach. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not my circle. Those aren't my friends. Those aren't the people that I've been in community with. So I'm in community with you 
So then you take this out to everyone else. And that's how we really spread the message. There's no real other way to do it. So I'm, I'm happy that I have so many people in my circle that have an ear to hear. And again, that speaks to the kind of person that you are in general when you're around people. Because yes. when people want to listen to you, it's because you've done something to make them believe that what you say is valid, mm -hmm. right? So um, the people that have been around me have come to me and said, what can I do? What resources can you give me? And, and um, let me be very clear that I don't think that it's my job to educate people or to find the resources for them because they are very open and welcome to do a Google search themselves. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> absolutely. If, if, I have, if I have something available and I know that someone's heart is pure and open, then I'm more than willing to share the information with them. Yeah, yeah. I love that you bring that up. Of It's not your responsibility to educate other people, especially mm -hmm. nowadays. Like, you're right, a Google search. I mean, we have all of this information at our hands, right? Right. So truly, if somebody does want to figure something out, they can they can find information and, and figure that out. You know, um, one thing I was listening to, I wish I could remember what it was the other day. It was talking about if you really have some questions that the best thing that you can do is to ask someone who is closest to you that you know that may have had that experience, but to let them know, I am not expecting you to do this. If you do not have, you know, the the ability in this moment or you just don't want to waste your energy on, on that conversation, that's okay. And I thought that was kind of, um, kind of a, a good perspective as far as not expecting anyone, but maybe asking like if somebody is willing to have that conversation. Do you think that might be an okay approach? Or obviously you're not speaking for everyone in the world, but do you have any thoughts right. on like how someone might navigate that? No, I actually think that is a very good idea. I mean, and, and giving people the time that they need to gather a resource or, you know, in the middle of everything that's going on right now, like I've been really flustered over the past few months. So I know that someone has, for instance, asked me to have a conversation or asked me for a certain like reference or something. And it might be weeks before I get back to them because I'm doing so many other things. Um, and then there's just days that I don't feel like doing any of it. Yeah. So if the, if the person is okay with me not being like right there to give them every resource that they need, and let me go back and say something, they need to be okay with me not being yes. right there to give them every 100%. Because it's not my job. Yes, yes. I love <laughs> so that you rephrased have, that. <laughs> whenever I have time to go and find that information for you or whenever I feel like I want to go find it for you, then I can. And if you need the information before that, then you need to do your own search. But I, I do think that um, it's okay to ask that question. I mean, obviously, probably don't go just ask some random black person that you've had one yeah, conversation. With. Right. But I mean, if you know somebody and you've had some relationship and community with them, then you you should know their personality enough to know if they would respond in a positive way to say, oh, sure, I, I wouldn't mind sharing something with you at all. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that you rephrased that because I think that especially now, like the way that the way that we say things and the way that our words come across are important. And, and we have the ability to be able to set up those boundaries of like, that is not like that. That's not your responsibility. That person has to be okay with it. And if they're not, keep trucking, you know, I mean, really <laughs> not to sound yeah. harsh, but I mean, that, that truly is the reality of it is that it is not fair for anybody to put any type of extra pressure on anyone. And mm -hmm. I do think having the, the time and the space to process our own emotions, whether it is about George Floyd or whether it is just about, uh, you know, racism as a whole or how we have, regardless of whatever side someone is on been impacted or benefited or whatever that is. I mean, right. there's a lot of, a lot of really personal work that has to come from that too. I agree. There's, there's so much that needs to be done. And I think that as a people, um, we have been so used to not be having the time to be able to process feelings mm -hmm. or to grieve or to like sit with ourselves. Like, you know, and in, especially in the age of like where you have a cell phone sitting right next to you or, you know, there's just access to people immediately all the time. And I just feel as black people like we've never felt like we could wait on something like we could say this is not a good time for me. It's just not something that we've been allowed to do. And so it feels really good to take my power and say, I can't do this right now. And um, I think that the world needs to change in that way big time because hey, we're allowed to have a valid feeling too and need to sit back and, 
and think about what we want to say or how we want to respond because I don't have all the answers either. You know, this is brand new for me too. I've never seen a world where everyone has cared about what I think now. Mm -hmm. So for, for that to be what I'm experiencing right now is like a little bit of a shock to my system as well. So then I have to sit back and gather myself and decide about how I want to respond to people and actually who I want to respond to. And that's my prerogative. And it's never been my prerogative before. So, so this is brand new to me as well. Yeah, I love that. I love that it is and that that idea of like taking back that power for sure. You know, when you said not used to having that much focus really though mm-hmm. on things, that I would imagine at times could probably feel really just exposed, you know? Is that, is that can you kind of do you feel comfortable talking a little bit about like what that has been like to have that switch even with your neighbors from like not really talking about it to suddenly like we want to yeah. talk about it and you know how has that been? Yeah, it's it's been overwhelming for me, yeah. Kelly. I like I said, like over the past few months, I don't even really feel like I've been like totally myself. Mm-hmm. Um you know, there's 20 years. I've been here 20 years and there's times that I walk out of my front door and people look right past me like I don't even exist. They don't even see me. And in the last two weeks, I have had more people. I am a celebrity around here, Kelly, okay? (laughs) I have had more people (laughs) talk to me and want to have conversations with me. And that is overwhelming for me. I haven't been used to it. So it's kind of like, oh, okay. So now we're talking. Now we're, I don't, you know, it's, it's a little bit much for me and then I don't want to feel like um I don't want it to feel fake either yes and I I can see through that as well I mean I think that now that me and my neighbors I've got to a place where it's starting to feel a little bit more real but when people are paying me all this attention when they have been able to look past me for years without saying a word to me it's overwhelming yeah yeah (laughs) and it feels a little bit performative Mm -hmm. so um I I don't know I, I mean what did you say, I Kelly? I said, that feels kind of gross when you said performative. I'm like, oh, that just like, that's, look. It, it does. It ugh. feels a little bit like I'm putting on a performance, like, oh, I'm, I'm so, this is what I'm supposed to do, so let me do these things. And that is, like I said, just completely overwhelming for me. I don't know how it feels for anybody else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is tough. It reminds me of, do you know who Stacey Flowers is? Yes, okay. Yes. Oh, love Stacy Flowers. She is fantastic. And I watched a video and it was shortly after George Floyd was killed. I cannot remember exactly when it was, but it was it was just so beautiful. I was yeah, it was just beautiful. But what I really love that she said is she said, you know, there have been so many people that have been following her all along the way and are following her because they love her and because they see the value that she brings to this world and because they have been able to connect with her. And then there's kind of like this other group of people that are now just following her because she's a black woman and they want to be able to support a black woman. And that was extremely eye opening and honestly quite sickening too that 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 would be the case because she she just as a human being has just such a good soul and what I think is amazing about her is I have never ever I get chills thinking about it every single time anytime I talk about it I've never seen anybody step onto a stage and own their power like she is able to do and so the fact that she is able to own like that to me is what makes her absolutely fantastic but the fact that that has even been that experience of she's feeling like people are just now following her because she is black mm-hmm. is um is mind-blowing I mean it's obviously not surprising in the climate we're in but it is just a shame and so I even sent her a message because I had um we're not like besties or anything but I, right. <laughs> I wish but <laughs> I had interviewed her on the podcast so I just you know I'd sent a message and put up a message of support of like you know you were great then you're great now you're always going to be great regardless mm-hmm. and that's that's one thing um, that I just think is has been really interesting too to be able to to see and to hear people talk about like yeah this has been a big shift. Yeah, it has, and and it's good when it feels real. Like you had already established that relationship with her, and so it was easy for you to go back and say that. I mean, even to a certain degree, you and I had already established yes. a relationship, so it didn't feel like oh, so now that this happened, I'm going to try to get Tracy on the interview because yes. you know. I need to make sure I'm in community with black person. You know, that yes. feels a little bit weird. And um, I actually have had that happen. I, I'm actually going to go on this lady's podcast, but I 
had asked her over a year ago to go on her podcast to talk about how to eradicate racism, um, how to teach our children early to be allies with other people that don't look like them, what we can do to always be inclusive. And she completely dismissed it. She didn't, she never got back to me. She never said anything. And I'm almost a year to the date this happened. All of this stuff went down, right? And so then she got back to me, but before I um, agreed to do the interview with her, which I haven't done yet, I let her kind of have a little bit of peace of my mind, you know, because you need to know that it's not okay for one to ignore someone. I mean, you could just say, no, that's fine. That doesn't work for your podcast. I'm good with that. That happens. But um, now that you want to come back now, it just feels a little bit performative. So I want to get to the root of that. We need to discuss that a little bit. So it worked out well, the discussion that we have, but that kind of thing, I need people to understand that that doesn't make um, us feel great. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, obviously, I have no idea how that feels at all. So I won't pretend that, that I do by any means. But um, just the, like I said earlier, just the thought of people if doing something because of that performative piece of it is just uh, like yuck is like the only thought I can even say. Like I'm not, yeah. I can't even formalize words surrounding that. That is just really unfortunate. But again, props to you though that you had that conversation with her of like, hey, where was this like a year ago? Because um, I think that mm-hmm. it's important for people to hold us accountable. Of you know, right. this was not something at that point for whatever reason. Maybe I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not justifying, but maybe she wasn't comfortable. Whatever that is, but that needs to be discussed. So, so that right. you can move forward and feel good about the fact of being on there and not feel like you are being used or being whatever that may, mm-hmm. that may look like. And then you just do want to feel like, like when I'm doing podcasts with people or when I'm in these conversations with people, I have always been about community. It's my yes. big thing. So a podcast with you, Kelly, is not just a podcast. Yes. It's building on community. So I have to make sure that this is somebody that I even want to be in community with. Mm-hmm. Because because now that, you know, I've done a podcast with you, I've kind of like almost aligned myself with some of the stuff that you have going on. So therefore, I want to make sure that we get all that other stuff out of the way and yes. then I can find out exactly where you are, like what headspace are you in concerning this? And then it's able for me to move forward and form this relationship with you that goes far beyond this recording that we're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I was so thrilled when we were talking about, you know, would you like to use the video or not? And you were like, yes, because I feel like it will, you know, allow for more of a connection. I a hundred percent believe that as well. And that is, I don't know about you, but one of my favorite parts about having a podcast is being able just to connect or being on other people's podcasts is being able to connect. And like you say, build that community and honestly, you know, had we not gotten conversation, we probably would have never met. I mean, you know, we don't live in the same area. Like, you know, I I don't know why, but I live in the frigid, like North for some reason, (laughs) you know? So it's, it's just really cool to be able to see too, you know, how we can build those relationships and build that community. And I just, I, I know I've said this to you before, but your perspective of building community, I just think is so beautiful and so wonderful, um, to be able to really, I, it feels, I don't know if this is, this is how you view it, but it feels to me like you really put a lot of thought into who you're surrounding yourself with. And I think that we all could stand to do, to do that for sure. I think it's, it's very important. I'm very intentional about who I'm letting into my circle. Um, because it's a lot of how my, a lot of my energy is connected to how the energy of the people are around me. And um, I just recently, this is a funny story. I just recently made a new friend through the podcasting world and she was able to come on board with some people that I've known for years. And she was just saying how amazing it, how amazing my friends are. Right. And how she feels like she's now one of those people. And I'm like, that is the whole point of me being able to like have these relationships with other people so that I can bring a brand new person in and then they can form relationships together. Yes. Those are the kind of people that I want to have around me. So I very well could not sit on a podcast with somebody that I don't align with mm-hmm. and that I don't feel like your vision is a vision that is in this point, go- something that's going to er- move towards eradicating racism. Yeah. I'm not going to bring you into my circle because then that makes the people that I'm already around think, well, what was Tracy? Think? You know, <laughs> <Right>. so I- <laughs> 
I want to make sure that the people that I have around me, is, they're solid people. Yes. Like I can do, introduce Kelly to anyone at this point because she's a solid person, yeah. right? Yeah, so. yeah. No, I love that perspective. I definitely appreciate that. You know, it's really interesting too. I don't know if you find this, but when I have been in situations where whether it is interviewed on a podcast or whatever it may be, and something doesn't quite align, I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, I just, I have almost like a pit in my stomach of like, oh, I really don't want to be doing this right now. I'm still going to give it my all. I'm still going to be myself. But at the same right. time, like, this does not feel good. This is not I know. It's I happened to me like once or twice and I'm like, darn, you know, yes. um, there's still some episodes that haven't even gone up because I didn't feel like the connection, you know, and yes. then you feel I don't feel good about that because I feel like I've wasted someone's time maybe, but at the same time, I have to be feeling good about what I'm offering the people that follow me yes. or the people that take their time out to listen to me. So if I don't feel good about that, it probably is never going to go up. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't work for the way that I think about community. So Yeah. But I love that you have that that strong belief in that and that you're willing to make those hard decisions too. That's really beautiful, truly. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. And honestly Thank I you. would yeah, you're welcome. I would imagine that people in your community trust you so deeply because of that, because they know that you're not going to mess around and you're not going to be, you know, bringing in people who aren't supportive of the community. And that's just, yeah, that's so beautiful. Thank you yeah, for that's sharing that. totally my hope. That's my hope. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think you're doing a good job. So that's awesome. I think that's great. You know, as we're wrapping up here, I would love for you to be able to tell people where they can listen to your podcast, where they can follow you online so that they can learn a little bit more about you and about your journey. Sure. I have a website. Um, it's melanatedmom.com. But the place that I hang out most is um, on Instagram. It's at Melanated Mom Podcast. And I also have a Facebook page, which is Melanated Hyphen Mom. And so I'm just over there talking about motherhood. Um, my page is like all over the place right now because of everything that's been happening. So I'm making sure that I am open more to talking about everything that's happening in the world right now. But yeah, it's just a fun community to come over and talk about how to raise creative kids and how to actually listen to your kids and let them make decisions for themselves and think out of the box because they are so able. So I hope that you guys will come over and be in community with me. We would love to have you there. Yeah, that is fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Tracy, for being on the show today and taking some time out of your day to chat with me. I just really appreciate you. Thank you so much, Kelly. I really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. For all things related to this episode, please go to www.kellysisson.com backslash podcast, where you can find transcript from today's show and links for today's guest. See you next week for another episode.